Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Let's spend a moment uh, centering ourselves in, uh, it's been a great retreat, this beautiful view. I already feel the unity uh, building in the community because when you spend time together, with the spirit of God and your brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a, a koinonia, the Bible uses, a fellowship that cannot be replaced. And one of the reasons we try to do this every year, uh, there was a pandemic that stopped it, maybe an apocalypse can stop it. But I would uh, really set apart this Labor Day weekend every year to spend time together. And I would encourage everyone to sleep over. So you can play board games, join me in Mega Monopoly. I'll show you what capitalism is all about. <laughs> I'll show you uh, what sin is all about. And if we, if we get into some, you know, I don't know, conflicts, we can go to Narnia together. That's a, another phrase for meeting Jesus together. Um, yeah, so set, set that time apart as holy rhythms of your own formation in Christ, I think it's so paramount to spend time away and to really anchor yourself in the Lord. So uh, let's bow our heads together and exhale. (sighs) Just all the ruminating automatic thoughts that seem to hold us captive to fear, paranoia, trauma, and pessimism and cynicism that it's so easy to give into today and lay it at the feet of Jesus and inhale the presence of God, his, gener- his generational blessing for you today and for generations to come. Will you secure your place in God's kingdom and God's family today so that across generations you will secure the hand and the favor of God to your grandchildren and their grandchildren. All God's people pray. Amen. Amen. Just when I prayed to your grandchildren and your grandchildren, you're like, Doc, I don't even know what I'm having for lunch today. I don't have the ability to think that far. And some of us, our families, when I say the word family, tell your neighbor to your right or left, family. When I say the word family, what do you feel? (laughs) Family is the microcosm of all that is good and all that is painful. The greatest betrayal the ugliest heartbreak 
and desperation comes from that word family because brokenness has entered uh, apart from the garden of the Lord and now that curse of sin that entered in has entered families, family strife, unforgiveness, bitterness, unsaid things and things that were said that unforgivable. When I say the word family, in one hand for many of you found the blessing of a godly family. And you're the second, third generation believers. You've seen the hand of God in your life. That's rare. But for some of us, when we think of family, we think of brokenness. I mean, what family does America identify with the most in culture? It's the longest running TV program. No, they're too rich. Anyone here have a private jet? Let me know, okay? I'll borrow it for missions purposes. Uh, put this picture up. This is the, the longest. Uh, the American family are the Simpsons. We might identify, there's, I say there's a Simpson in all of us. You, I don't know who you identify with, but when you think about your family, you think about the neurotic and often crazy part of being pulled and pushed and all the neurosis that goes with it and all the therapy that people need as a result of their families. And you go, securing God's blessing, God's hand of favor across generations. I mean, that might be for you, Doc, and for your family and for your kids. But when I think about my family, I can't think that far, and I don't think that's me. I could only think of me. And when you think of a godly family, a, a family that God blesses, that God uses, a lot of us have the wrong connotations. We error biblically, because, you know, I tell someone, you haven't read the Bible. You just assume you read the Bible. Bible's the most sold, but the least read. You go, well, godly family is like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Well, if you read the Bible, you would see that in the genealogy of Jesus, Jesus' bloodline running through his veins is filled with scandal that would shock the Cardassians. <laughs> if you really studied scripture and understood where Jesus comes from, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, and how he redeems all humanity by his blood. It's marred with scandal. So if you really think about it, if your family is broken, then you're part of that story too. If you're marred by divorce, mental illness, brokenness, then being part of the family of Jesus should be common ground. Because a lot of people think a godly family looks like this. Contrast to the Simpsons, which the Harvard writers for the Simpsons, they created the Flanders who play Good Samaritan. The kids play Good Samaritan in the house, and they go, no, it's my turn to take care of the, the sick man on the road. They play Noah's Ark. All those pagans not listening to God. You know, you need to preach to them. And, and you think of a godly family as unrelatable, and that's sort of what, 
The Simpsons, it's mocking sarcastically, that this Stefford Church tie-wearing with polo shirts, you see, I'm wearing my polo shirt, they're the people that's unrelatable. And, and in a way, it's a critique of the American church, this suburban, white picket fence, Stepford, perfect, morally and economically. And we look at the Flanders in The Simpsons, that's not us, that's not our family. We can't relate to them. And that's not how the Bible depicts the families of Jesus and the genealogy of Jesus. John Bloom, uh, teacher and founder, co-founder of Desiring God with John Piper, uh, along with me, we, read, uh, we wrote a devotional for Advent, and he wrote this really powerful, uh, just devotional, listing five women in Jesus' genealogy. Let's put that up there. And from what we read, the scriptures, I'm not seeing anything on my iPad. Thank you. Um, and he, he calls it notorious women in Jesus' past. And, and I would welcome all of you today to put your presuppositions aside about what it means to secure God's hand of blessing across generations, starting with you. If you are the first, how you are part of the blood that runs through Jesus' veins, and that blood could come through you. And the Bible tells us that when we follow the Lord, it blesses a thousand generations. So think if you identify. Tamar, enter the Masonic, uh, Messianic bloodline by disguising herself as a prostitute and seducing her father-in-law, Judah. So he would make her pregnant because Judah refused to give his son to her for marriage. So you see here scandal. A woman trying to manipulate her way into economic gain and secure her future. Jesus' bloodline starts like that. Rahab was once a very real prostitute in Canaan, she and her uh, family were the only survivors of Israel's conquest of Jericho, Jericho because she helped the Israelite spy escape. Once integrated into Israel, she married Salmon and became <laughs> King's, David's great-great-grandmother. Another one pretended to be a prostitute. The other was a prostitute. So for some of us saying, well, my, you don't know what happened in my bloodline. You don't know what runs through my veins. You don't know what kind of scandal and brokenness. I can't even say, un say those things. Well, you're in good company. Then Ruth, who wasn't even part of the tradition of Israel, who is a Gentile, marries, uh, Boaz, the great-grandmother of King David, her, her, she comes from a tradition of paganism where they offer children to the gods. Bathsheba, who's not even named the wife of Uriah, right? She suffered sexual abuse in the murder of her husband because David was blinded by lust. Scandal. Mary became pregnant with Jesus before her wedding. 
and the child's father was not her, right, Joseph, and the scandal would have lingered in the whispers and insult all around Nazareth for many years. All five women marred by scandal in one way or another. Brokenness. Pain. Things we can't even mention. But they secured the very bloodline of Jesus Christ and God redeemed the world through them. Then how much more can God use you and bless your family? Today, I want you to think about how you could be the first generation or the next generation of how the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel can bless every generation after yours. Because that's the good news of the gospel. Doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter how marred you are, how broken you are, how brazenly disgusting or vile it is. Jesus' redemption is your story too. And today, that can turn around. They say that economically, when one person becomes a doctor, you change your fortune in one generation. That's economic. Doesn't secure joy. And we think sometimes money is everything. But when you secure Christ, the blood of Christ in your family, and you serve the Lord, it says a thousand generations. You secure the future almost forever. My own story starts with my dad being an alcoholic and a, and a man filled with rage and anger. My, well, my brother tells me, because my parents had me uh, when my mom was 42. But my brother tells me that my dad would come for about a decade, because my dad's, I mean, my brother, not my, it's 11 years older. Some people think he might be my dad. But um, we don't have that kind of scandal in our family. Uh, but uh, he would come drunk and, and beat my brother. So, so I have a very different view of my father because when I was born, he was an elder at a church. His life was so transformed by the gospel. They said he quit all type of, you know, cigarettes, alcohol. I didn't see alcohol in my family growing up. I didn't even know that was a drink. I, I, I went to drink it myself in Korea when I was five with all, all my friends. I think it was bakali actually, and some soju in the side. So you see how pagan I was when I was five? Um, but my bloodline starts with an alcoholic father whose life was transformed in one generation by the gospel who became then a very devout believer, but that changed his work ethic and the way he approached life. He wanted to extend that blessing to the next generation, and he started working very hard. It changed everything for me. And I'm flourishing in my family in terms of 
being able to achieve a doctorate, right? Being appointed as a research fellow and quant faculty member at Harvard Medical School and being and shaking the hand in the inauguration, the governor of Massachusetts. I was going up on the stage shaking and I was thinking to myself, if my father was alive, he probably would die because he wouldn't believe the multiple blessing of God's favor in one generation. He could have never imagined, even with moral imagination, how the wind of God's favor could blow just him making that decision of following the Lord and inviting him to his life. This retreat ends today, and I said it's the three acts. The first was redefining expectation of what flourishing looks like, what fulfillment looks like in the first session. Second was about dreaming together. Not chasing rainbows, what? But, but planting seeds. We want to be real people with real faith for people who really need to rewrite their stories. Today is about blessing for multiple generations. And it's called the invitation. At 180, we're not inviting you to a cool church where, you know, we have smoke machines and, you know, where the pastor wears skinny jeans. I can't even fit into skinny jeans. I'm in actually tweeted um, a, someone else who said that in, in response to all the scandals of all the megachurches lately, uh, someone said, she, she tweeted, in 20 years of attending church, I finally realized if you're going to go to church, go to the least coolest church you can find. That's us. Uh, we're not good at athletics. We really are bad at sports. Uh, there, there are no smoke machines, no thrills, no frills, nothing like that. We're inviting people many times to what is unsexy. But when you think about it across generations, it's the sexiest thing. Blessing for multiple generations. It's the invitation to climb the second mountain together, to, to not chase rainbows, but to plant seeds. We're asking people to do things that people normally don't do, to settle in New York City, don't chase occupational success, every, you know, in California, whatever. California is terrible anyway. We're saying stay one place, grow a family, be rooted and, and put your roots here. And there are people answering that call. In a minute, I'm going to interview Sushen. <laughs> X. Uh, at his wedding, I'm going to be like, X. And his parents be like, who's that? And Sarah, who's just moved here because he felt a call to move to New York. So I'm going to invite them up. And then we're going to invite Danny and Minyang up. You're getting more share here. Just one more chair. They're going to sit here. I'll be easy and kind with the questions, but you guys could sit and be comfortable.
I'll stand. Your kids are gonna be really tall. <laughs> I think you will. We all cry, except me, though. Uh, I try not to. Now, one of the things we're talking about is the invitation is doing something that's contrarian to culture. It's settling down, growing roots here together to grow families across generations. And I believe God's calling many of us to climb the second mountain, as I referenced uh, from David Brooks' book, The Second Mountain. Mountain of commitment mountain that transcends yourself, and to answer God's call. So X, tell us about, X, Sushen. <laughs> it's still weird, right? All right, uh, yeah. Um, tell us about just your journey for the last two and a half years, coming back to New York, and just your, you've, this calling you felt. You could have settled anywhere, uh, Su Shen was recruited by Mount Sinai, NYU. Everybody wanted him from Stanford, you know? You know, he, he is uh, a sexy doctor, okay? Re a real nerd, he studied math, though, um, in college. But um, he, he settled here at Columbia, and the journey was not that certain, but I, I wanna kinda show you what the calling looks like. So can you just share briefly about, uh, the process of answering that call. Yeah, um, this, it's, this is kind of crazy because, so jumping back a little bit, I went with Sarah this past, last weekend um, to ask her parents for a blessing and for, for marriage. Woo! <laughs> and you know, so I was, I was going a, a little bit into um, my story of kind of coming to Christ and um, I started breaking down crying so I didn't really uh, get, get into it with them. But um, so it's this whole thing of like family and calling, um, you know, I was basically reborn here at 180. I was brought here by Janice. I don't even know if you see her in the back there or not. Janice! Um, and I found a higher purpose um, in my life beyond my career, um, making money, um, and you know, I was obviously um, accepted by this community and really grew up in, in this community and became um, a very timid boy into the person that I am um, now. Um, and you know, I left for uh, three years to move to California. Um, and I tried finding a community um, out there. Um, Doc introduced, uh, gave me some recommendations for churches. And, oh, closer, sorry. And I um, really couldn't um, find anything like 180 there. Um, and, um, you know, Sarah and I had just started dating when I moved out to California. And uh, we were long distance, um, and we very early on in our relationship um, decided that we were going to be very intentional with each other and intentional with uh, putting God in the center of, of our relationship. So I think very early on in the relationship, we were already talking about uh, what that means to live a, a godly life and to live... Um, with, with God kind of encompassing everything that, every decision that we make and everything that we, we do. 
Um, so I remember, maybe this was like, like six months into our relationship, we were, we were driving from San Francisco um, back to my apartment um, in, the, in the South Bay, and we were talking about um, where we're gonna potentially live after I finish fellowship um, in California. And her family's from Washington, my family's from New York, and we're talking about, you know, um, ultimately it's gonna be where God calls us to, to go. Um, and I was sharing with her um, about the 180 family, the 180 community, and um, how, um, again, I, I was reborn here, reborn into, um, into, into um, God's love here, and, um, and how I had this sort of almost like vision of us coming back to, to 180 and um, raising our family here and, you know, seeing Belle, uh, Luca, Theo, um, the Lee family, um, and seeing how this community has really come together to raise, raise that family. And, um, you know, I think about the fact that, you know, you can't raise family, uh, children alone. You need that community. You need that family, and whether that's our personal family or the family of God. Um, so that's sort of how uh, we started that discussion and that conversation. Um, and, um, you know, through the last two, three years, um, we've just continued that conversation about wanting to um, be able to not only bless our family, but to bless others. And um, thinking about potentially starting over in a brand new community where we don't know anyone and having to start from the beginning um, felt really daunting to, to us. And... Um, and be able to come back to 180 and um, and kind of leave, uh, know for certain that we're gonna leave a legacy here um, with other members at 180, uh, with our own own family at 180. Um, that was that was sort of like a no-brainer um, for me. It took Sarah a little bit longer to to come around, but <laughs> here here she is. <laughs> But there, there was some uh, conflict because there were no offers in New York yet. And X was like, well, I'm going to New York because I know God called me. Well, she goes, well, Sarah was like a little bit hesitant. Be like, uh, Sarah, just describe like, well, there's no offers yet. How do you know you're going to get an offer? Uh, tell me, just tell us that process, the, the precarious and uncertainty of that and, and how God did come through, but just a process of how that felt like. Yeah. Um, so I remember that moment when we were talking about where um, we were going to end up long term. And I initially was a little bit more hesitant um, just because, you know, my family is on the West Coast. And um, like you mentioned, we didn't have any offers. And so we didn't have anything very clear and definite. Um, and so it took a lot of prayer on my part just to try to listen to God's calling. And um, 180 has, uh, you know, from the beginning of our relationship, just us being long distance, um, one of the avenues of us putting God first was going to church together. And because we were long distance, it was hard for us to do that. But um, I know that 180 has such a 
precious um, part in um, Sushin's heart and his that testimony. And so, um, <laughs> it's a little weird saying <laughs> saying his name in this context. <laughs> um, and so every Sunday morning, we would we would join online just to join service together, and. Um, being a part of community was something that I really missed being on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And so um, doing service together and then eventually you know, joining small groups and um, getting to know the girls in my group, I just felt like God was calling us both here um, just to join a community and um, develop those bonds. And so I just feel that calling ever more strongly every mm. every day that I'm here. Wow. And <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just so humbled and honored to be joining this community and I remember the first time that I met a lot of you here just feeling so much peace and contentment and I remember telling Pastor Lydia that like I felt like I was coming home and mm. it was just like confirmation. So just very grateful. And Sarah's a pediatrician if you need her help. <laughs> but, uh, um, and I, I will say that since moving back here, um, I, I feel like God has really rewarded our faithfulness. Um, and um, this is kind of like another weird story, but uh, we were again at her brother's wedding and her her mom's uh, best friend um, came up to us and introduced us and uh, introduced herself to us and we were talking with her and we found out that um, her son who has uh, sort of fallen out of Christ um, because of the pandemic and, and brokenness in their family mm -hmm. um, and she found out that we lived in New York and she basically begged us to, um, to help bring her son back to Christ. Wow. Um, so I, that night I was talking to Sarah, I was like, you know, like, maybe this is like, who, who else would be able to bring him to Christ? Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that God placed us in New York in, in this type of position to be able to reach out with, to him, take him out to dinner, hopefully bring him to Day in the Sun, mm -hmm. like, that's, that's part of God's calling right there. Mm -hmm. um, and there have been other people in, in um, Sarah's work that... Um, that she's started having conversations about God with, and they've asked to come join us um, at church as well. So um, I think that's just God rewarding our, our faithfulness. Wow. Wow. Can we pray uh, since, uh, so, so where's the ring? You mean that? Hey, let's stand and pray for you guys. Everybody stand. Our hope. Our hope in our community is whether you're single, whether you're uh, engaged or dating or, or married with kids, I really believe in my spirit that our heart is to help you plant the seeds so that from multiple across generations, we want to help you secure God's hand of favor, God's hand of blessing in your life for multiple generations to come. And the promise is a thousand. Even when your grandkids may be meta-human, 
That's a joke, by the way. Uh, but seriously, let's pray uh, for Sushen, <laughs> Sarah. Let's pray for the Spirit of God to bless them. Um, so would you lift your hands to them? Lay, lay your hands out to them. Let's pray for God's favor. And this missional activity already taking place to, uh, for God to use them for his glory right now. Father, we want to pray for this beautiful couple. Uh, we want to pray for your hand of blessing that starts this, continues this legacy for Sarah and, and really starts the legacy for Sushen. Uh, we want to pray, Holy Spirit, you would fill them, you would use them, and that their labor in New York, this concrete jungle, would result in many coming to know you and coming to you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Thanks, guys, so much. Natural, natural. As we close today, we're going to invite the turkeys, that's my pet names for them, Minyoung and Danny to come up. So, yeah, you said you're pregnant. You guys can be seated. I'm the only one standing, <laughs> but um, I, I'm really blessed. I asked them to come today. Uh, they're here for three times already. Uh, Minyoung, Natalie, <laughs> Turkey, I mean, uh, didn't give birth yet to Augie, but uh, when I look at uh, Danny and Minyoung, I remember marrying them. Well, they're one of the few couples first to get married. How many years ago? Five. Wow. Five years ago. Um, but they're starting a legacy in their own lives and Minyoung I mean I'm so proud of her I mean she basically uh, raised her sister she does come from a broken home right both families marred by divorce uh, a lot of pain there but when I look at Augie's future I'm optimistic and hopeful why because they have God's hand of favor on their life. You know, don't, stop, don't start crying. Then I'm going to start crying. And then they're going to, everybody start crying. Um, I mean, Minyang uh, basically came to New York on her own. And in and, um, and one post in Instagram, she said, I don't know why I came here. I got into crazy student debt at NYU. NYU seems to be the enemy of student debt. And uh, she paid it off on her own. Climbed the corporate ladder giving us all free clothes from all the high fashion brands. Um, I am so proud of her. But she said that when she came to New York, in spite of all the difficulties, I'm so glad I came because it brought me closer to you. And she's talking about all of you. That's powerful. And now she's starting a legacy in her family with God's hand of blessing. And Danny, I mean, I heard him talk about, to, to, you know, to William, he's like, uh, no, to, to Jonathan, he's like, Danny, he's, he's one of the uh, people I'm most proud of. <laughs> I, I wrote his recommendation to, uh, to become a teacher in, in middle school where they need uh, male role models. Haley and I were laboring together. <laughs> I mean, she was really labored. Uh, 
And for, for someone like, I think, Danny, he was sort of aimless, and then he found Christ in our community again. I feel like Joe's wedding again. I'm going to start. <laughs> uh, and his life literally turned, did a 180. I'm, I'm not plugging it in. And he, it's like a light turned on, and he became a disciple of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, and he told me, I want to become a teacher because I want to do something that ought, like my son will look up to, something that adds value. And, and your transformation today of starting this multiple cross-generations. Oh, yeah, Min Yang's also ambition is to become very rich, not just rich, but very <laughs> <laughs> But I thought because Augie is coming, and the family is beginning that we today together pray for all the families that's gathered here today and invite everyone else to the family of God. So let's all stand together. Let's pray for Augie coming in a matter of seconds or, <laughs> you know, well, Danny said he want Augie to come Tuesday because he's playing golf on Monday. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Could, could all the families come up? Um, you could just come up and lay your hands uh, on Minyoung and Danny. And if we can, if someone could tell the Sunday school to, if they can bring all the kids in, and we want to pray. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, eventually, eventually. Uh, ask me in service. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for um, this time right now to be able to see and really witness what you've been doing, Lord. Sometimes it's hard to know what you've been doing until we actually put it in the front, talk about it, and witness it again and share your story again. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for this, um, this time, Lord, because we can all see what you have been doing, Lord. Lord, Lord, so many of these families are, they came together here. I mean, they all came together here. But at one point, they were all single, and I know all of them. And I know at one point, many times I doubted, Lord, can he be a disciple? Can she be a disciple? And I ate a lot of ice cream and stress after small group. And um, thanks, guys. And um, But, Lord, you... You did it. You showed up in their lives every time in every juncture, and you spoke to them. You drew them near. And Lord, and the wives and the husbands, like they fell in love with you more because of each other, and they fell in love with you. And God, the impossible was done where people actually became followers of Christ. And they have a desire more than any other thing. And they're prestigious doctors and teachers. And they have great titles, God, and corporate ladders and climbing it all. But, Lord, they don't care about that. For them, that's just a job. Their heart is to raise a family that's godly and to reach their friends for Christ, for their children to grow up godly, and for them to live godly lives so that people will really come to know who you are. 
And we all know it's not perfect because everyone's learning on the way, but God, this is happening here. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for these families, Lord. And Lord, I want to pray blessing over the families, Lord. Lord, we sing so lightly, generation to generation, but that's a true promise that when we follow you, that thousands, Lord, of generations, a thousand generations will, will be blessed as a result. And that makes a lot of practical sense because you show us the best way and you show us with wisdom how to live in this fallen world. And so blessings come. But Lord, the fact that your hand would be upon the families because of obedience in a hard place and obedience and conflict, obedience and temptation, obedience to overcome what this world might be like. Lord, we thank you for that. And I do want to pray for these families, Lord, that you would bring, um, just empower them with your spirit, God, all of us as parents, Lord, as parents, as a couple, as people coming together, as um you know, people going to next generation, next phases of life. Holy Spirit, would you breathe on us that we may continue, even in our old age, of uh, flourishing and goodness and all the great stuff that we will gain because your blessing is on us, that in, in the midst of all those things, Lord, that we will continue for no other reason than because we love you and because of who you are and because the world has, come, has to know you, that we would always at the call of Jesus, be able to lay it all down, to say yes to you no matter what it is, Lord, and to follow Jesus' calling, Lord. And in the same way that you brought Sarah here, confirmed it for her, and in the same way that you brought X with that certainty in his heart of knowing where nothing was certain, in his certainty he knew that you called him here even, even before it showed on paper, online, or whatever formality. Lord, we pray for the certainty of knowing who you are and following your voice and following your ways, God. And that our children as a result will learn that. And Lord, I also want to pray for... Um, there are a lot of people making decisions and going into next phases of life. And I know that in this community, I've had many conversations. Even though there's struggle and things are not perfect, people want this. And I know that people are wanting to follow you as disciples. And it's hard. And I want to pray that the families would become blessings of encouragement, of um, just forces of brothers and sisters who will help one another do this. Because like I said, none of these people were perfect. <laughs> you saved sinners by grace, for sure. So, Lord, you're not, these are not like people that are saints. And I thank you for that, because there's no piety there. But um, Lord, would you do it again in the next generation, God? Whatever is distorted along the way and whatever is crooked, Lord, I pray that everyone here, wherever people may be, would trust you with all their hearts, lean on, not on their own understanding, but acknowledge you in their ways, and as a result, would you make their path straight so that they could follow you, so that they could follow you with those who they love, and that everyone, everything will come in line because they put you first. So I want to pray, Lord, for that generation as a church, Lord, for that blessing, for people to be blessed as a result as well. So we pray blessing and blessing, and we thank you, and would you bless us so that we may be a blessing, Lord, in every way, and help us in our blind spot as we gather, remind us in our blindness, in our busyness, Lord, 
Holy Spirit, we welcome you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. As we conclude our service today, just remain standing. We're going to close soon. Um, let's put this projector up, the last uh, verse. Um, the question was, how do we secure God's hand of blessing for across multiple generations, starting with us? The Bible tells in Deuteronomy 7-9, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. And faithful, the God, faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commands to a thousand generations. Amen? So how do you do it? Obedience. What does obedience look like? Obedience is not understanding how God's going to do it. Right? Abraham didn't know how. Moses didn't know how. Ruth didn't know how. Sometimes we don't know how. X or Sushen, whatever we want to call him, <laughs> um, didn't know how exactly. But that what it, that's what it means to obey. Obey means to trust him, acknowledge him, and not lean on our own understanding. So you go, well, I don't know how to have a godly family. I can't even go there. Well, to so say, God, well, here I am. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to trust your leadership for my life. Today, wherever you might be, let's pray and surrender that leadership to Christ and say, God, I want to secure your hand of favor in my family, in my life, across multiple generations. And no one is disqualified because of scandal or brokenness. You're actually qualified, as you can see in the blood of Jesus himself. So will you lift your hands with me today. Can we get the team out here? And I want to just uh, lead us in a time of prayer. to surrender our leadership, take our life out of our hands and put it into his so he can bless us across multiple generations. So let's pray together. Father, we want to come before you today and we tell you we don't understand and sometimes it feels so uncertain, it feels so precarious, our future. And God, when I look at my life and I look at my family, uh, it's marred with brokenness. Sometimes I'm ashamed. Sometimes I'm broken by it. Sometimes I don't even comprehend it. And I can't help but think but that that's passed, that curse is passed down to me. What if the Father says to you through the cross, that curse can be broken? The curse came through a tree in the garden. Therefore, the curse can be broken at the tree, at the cross. Today, Father, I want to pray for every family, every person gathered here today.
to feel the weight of the gospel. Every curse that's been passed down to us ends with our family. And now we take through obedience in Christ and your leadership. We pray for your hand of blessing that comes to us in Christ. Right now, in Jesus' name. Let's make this our prayer. And then we'll end through benediction.
you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for a wonderful treat. So glad to see you all here. My name is Haley, and I'm a member here at 180 Church, and I will be sharing some community news with you. First off, let's talk about tithes and offering. If you're a member here at 180 Church, we ask that you continue to keep God at the center of your finances and to tithe faithfully, which you can do using Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. If you're a visitor here with us today, we welcome you to our service and there's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so with the methods above. Next, we have Bible Reading Group. We have an Instagram handle and a Tumblr page at 180BRG where you can join us at any time to read the Bible. Feel free to follow along and feed your soul with the Word of God. Next, there are devotionals on sale at the 180 Cafe. They're great to help you get in the habit of praying and connecting with God every day. Sometimes I find it hard to find, form the words to pray, but these devotionals have been so helpful and inspirational. They're available at the 180 Cafe and it's an honor system. So you can purchase them via Venmo or QuickPay. Speaking of prayers, we have our prayer hotline. We invite you to use this resource to ask for prayer for anything or anyone in your life and it's completely confidential. You can text 5397prayer or email prayer at 180church.tv and know that there will be a team praying for you on the other end. Prayers are so powerful and I can't tell you how many times my prayers were heard and answered. So I want to encourage you to get out there and pray and ask for prayer for where two or three are gathered in his name God is with them. Yes. So let's talk about social media. There, these are the ways you can stay connected with us throughout the week. We have several media outlets from Facebook to Instagram to Dr. Sammy's Twitter page and even our YouTube page. We are very active on social media and there are multiple ways to share the message with your friends and family and also stay connected in the community. Let's not forget about our YouTube live stream. We know that things pop up and it's not always possible to physically attend Sunday service, but not to worry because Sunday service is being live streamed weekly on YouTube, so you never have to miss another service. So say hello to the YouTube viewers. Hello. And it's also a great way to share the gospel with friends and family. Next up is small groups. Small groups are a great way to process what you heard on Sundays with brothers and sisters along the journey of faith. We know that no one is meant to do faith alone and small groups have been an amazing way to know that we are in this together. It's also a great way to um, get to know each other, grow deeper in, with, in relationship with each other and reflect and apply sermons to our daily lives. And honestly, it's so much fun. I look forward to it every week to meet with the group and you know, we just have fun doing life together. So that's great. Um, adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. College Fellowship meets on Mondays at 7.30. And if you need any additional info, please speak to any of the greeters in 180 shirts or hoodies. Now, this is the exciting one. Are you, are you guys ready? 
Okay, I, I want to introduce 180 merch, okay? I know, you've been all waiting for this. It's not exclusive anymore. You can purchase your 180 merch at the 180 Cafe. There's a variety of tops in different fabulous colors, all donning the stylish 180 um, emblem and other cool designs. Like some of them have like cool designs on the back. Not mine, but others. Um, so you can get one of those. Uh, after service, you can head straight to the 180 Cafe to purchase your new 180 shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt. And they can be purchased with the same honor system as the devotionals. If you have any questions, you can speak to our merch designer, Andy, wherever he is. Oh, he's in the back. There he is. Um, and he can help you. And I can't wait to twin with all of you once you purchase your merch. Okay, next we have Day in the Sun. Our next Day in the Sun will be on May 15th at 12.30 p.m. We will be meeting at the East Pintum in Central Park. So be on the lookout for an email to RSVP. Let's pray for beautiful May weather and an awesome time of fellowship. Also, let's start thinking about the people in our lives who we can invite and share the good news with. Uh, now, for those of you with the heart to serve or feel like you're being led to serve, we have children's ministry. We need volunteers to serve, love, and teach our church's youngest members. They are really doing meaningful and soul-filling work there. My children are learning that they are God's treasures, like I told you last time. And also, my daughter always gets super excited for Sunday school. She says, oh, she loves Sunday school, so they're having a good time there. Um, they are building relationships and growing up in this community feeling loved and known, and that's really special. So if you want to be friends with our community's littlest members and be loved by me and other parents, go see Michelle Kim or Pastor Lydia for more details. Next, we have cafe volunteers. Coffee brings me so much joy, and I know it brings you guys joy too. So you can share some joy by serving up a cup of coffee before service. No barista skills are required. So if you want to serve or impress people with your latte art, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. And lastly, we have greeting volunteers. Who doesn't love a friendly face when they walk in? I know everybody does. And if you want to be that friendly face that brings smiles and makes people feel welcomed, this is for you. If you're interested, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. Now those are all of our announcements we have today.